As one of the biggest pop stars in the world, the paparazzi's cameras were trained on her as she struggled to maintain control of her life. Then she wound up in one of the most restrictive arrangements under the law. Her family and legal team said it was necessary, but fans believed their beloved icon was begging for their help on her social media pages. Then the movement finally found some traction. But what happens next? This week's episode is The Free Britney Movement, Part 2. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. Have you been continuing to listen to Britney all week? I was I was just singing Oops, I Did It Again into the fork that I ate dinner with. Mm. Poor, as my mom calls him, poor Paris. <laughs> so like it's a good song. I mean, it's just, I told you, man, she gets me hyped. I found out some interesting things about Baby One More Time. Oh, what's that? That originally... The whoever wrote it tried to get TLC to do it, but they refused because they were not comfortable saying hit me, baby, one more time, which I thought, that's interesting. I've never even, and I'm pretty sensitive to that stuff, especially now, Mm -hmm. probably not when this song came out as much. It's never registered with me in that type of way. I always thought of it as like a drink you know when people like hit me with another one yeah that's kind of how i'm just like like do it again type of thing no i think that's the intent but i can see why someone would be sensitive to that yeah so i thought that was interesting because it was right after baby 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 came out for them and it was a huge hit so they thought oh this will be good for them they passed and then Simon Cowell really wanted it for, I don't remember which Himself. boy. Yes, it just, not <laughs> even to favorite. sing, he just wanted it. Whichever boy band he was producing at the time, I can't remember which one it was. And they gave it to Britney, and he was so mad that he bought the person that wrote it a $95,000 Mercedes to try and bribe them into giving it to him, and they still wouldn't do it. They gave it to Britney. Dang, Simon mm-hmm. Cowell. Mm-hmm. he's trying you trying i like simon cow so i'm okay with it i do too yeah and I, and then he became friends with britney on the x factor was he on the x factor yeah he was on there i i've been watching because i was curious because you know i for the first episode we were researching a ton of stuff you know back when i was really following her back in the late two the early 2000s and uh i wanted to look more post 2007 and you know more into the last couple years and you can find a lot of compilations of like best britney reactions Mm -hmm. on the x factor and she and simon like i mean we'll get into it but man she's very lucid and having fun and joking around and her and simon have a good relationship and he's he has like a tiara and he's like i'm gonna give this to whoever is acting like the biggest princess and he turns around and you know puts it on her Mm -hmm. and they're laughing and cutting up and everything so he, they had a really cute relationship. That's funny that that's the backstory, though, that he looks at her and is like, you stole my money. Right? You stole my song. I think he's doing okay for himself. One of mm-hmm. my favorite gifts is a Britney reaction from The X Factor, where she's just, I guess you would type in confused if you're on the yeah. gift search, and she just <laughs> has her face scrunched up, and she's just kind of shaking her head, yes. looking around. 
I love. I use that one all. Oh the yeah, time. that one's on my saved <laughs> saved gift list. She was great though, because she would just go. You're very much off key, but your dancing was good. So maybe you should focus on dancing and just quit singing. <laughs> God damn. I like. That's why I always like Simon on American Idol. I like people that cut through the bullshit and just tell you mm-hmm. how you can get better and don't blow smoke up your ass because you're not going to yeah, get that- better with people blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't being mean. I think she was honest and she would be like, this is your strength. You should play to it. Stop trying to do this. I like it. Blunt and to the point. I've never watched The X Factor. Was it a competition show? Yes. So I watched uh, all. I've watched some of it. And like America's Got Talent just off and on. But I've never really gotten. My mom will watch it. My sister and everybody will watch it and then tell me about it. But uh, I've just watched maybe three or four different Best of Britney compilations. They'd be like, Best of her being funny, best of her facial expressions, mm-hmm. and then best of her, like, gently slash, sometimes not so gently letting people down. One guy just, like, started bawling, and he was like, my singing was so bad, I upset Britney Spears. <laughs> I will never forgive myself for what I did to Britney oh. Spears. And it was like, buddy, she's had a lot worse done to yeah. her. Bless your heart. Your voice was rough, but... Oh, I'm always, like... The producers intentionally put those people on so they will get their dreams crushed and it'll make for those viral moments and those cringeworthy moments. And I hate Baby that about Wawa. those shows. Yeah. I mean, it'll. I'm sure they asked him, do you love Britney Spears? Yes. What would you do if Britney Spears didn't like your singing? Oh, my God. <laughs> I would curl up in a ball and cry. And then it's almost like a social contract where the producers are like, oh, would you? <laughs> and they know that they're not a good singer. And it's like... You're going to curl up in a bow and cry, right? We talked about yeah, this. Yeah. So if you get your viral fame for a minute. Yeah. But... Yeah. But then sometimes they've got people that are knocked out of the park and yeah. you're like, dang, that was uh, that was worth all this other bullshit I sat through. Well, this is our conclusion of hashtag free Britney movement. It's been, um, man, this is, I was thinking today, I was like, I think this is in the top two of the ones I've researched and read about the most, Mm -hmm. maybe top. I really don't know what the other one is. I'm just saying top two because I don't know if it's the number one most researched (laughs) one I've done, but when it's a, I feel like JFK, I did, we did a ton of research for the Kennedy family and stuff, but this one, I, I mean, I read that whole manual. I went and read the concern. This was one, definitely one of the ones that you're right. I, not only articles and stuff, but then I was like, okay, I'm going to read all these legal filings. Rodney Reed, I did too. I read like all the briefs and stuff in that. But Epstein for yeah. me, I was just oh yeah. Any of them where it's current and there's ongoing information coming out is, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to say difficult for me, but I have to at some point be like, I can't continue to consume anything because not everything can go into this, and you just have to kind of pick and choose. The main mm-hmm. points, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the um, show notes for this one, good God, we've got a lot of links. <laughs> it's like a thousand links of articles and videos and court documents and Instagram posts and everything that we've we've been looking into. So hopefully you get some good information out of this one. I think so. We certainly we have. Yeah, and I certainly more than ever have realized how little I knew back then. <laughs> about what began. she was or just know about what Brittany was going through oh yeah 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 we've gotten a lot of messages of people that are like man you know i thought you kind of it's easy to 
casually be in the grocery store and see like us weekly or people or whatever and go, wow, what a loser. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize the pain and suffering and heart. And it kind of should soften all of our hearts Mm -hmm. when you see celebrities apparently struggling and, and, you know, saying it could it it runs deep. Yes. Drama runs deep and it's painful for her. Yeah. And like we said last time, they're all still people and depression, mental health, anxiety, all those things. They don't give a shit who you are. I went through a deep scroll on her Instagram feed and my overwhelming feeling was I just like, I think I said this last time, I just want to hug her. Yeah. I just want to be like, hey, man, I feel like no one listens to you. How are you? And she says the same. Yeah. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. After a series of events in 2007, characterized by the media as erratic, Brittany was subjected to psychiatric intervention. Initially, she was placed on a 5150 an involuntary psychiatric hold that can last up to 72 hours after she refused to release her children to her ex-husband. While Brittany was released from the hospital within 24 hours, just a few weeks later, she would once again be committed to a 5150, with rumors circulating that her family had orchestrated the hold with the LAPD. Because you can have the, you know, someone could call in a report and say, oh, someone's acting erratically. And then when they go into the actual hospital, they're evaluated by doctors and the doctors would say everything's fine. They were having a bad day. They were, you know, and I think that's the importance of not letting family or even just first responders who only Mm -hmm. have a really limited time with the person say, oh, lock them up. You know, at least she was evaluated and released. Yeah. Another good argument for uh, having mental health advocates come out in addition or maybe in lieu of police to certain calls. Ernie and Joe crisis cops. Yes, exactly. On January 31st, 2008, LAPD officers rushed into Brittany's home and slipped out a side door with her. Attempting to evade potential paparazzi, eavesdropping on police scanners, the cops spoke in code saying on their radios. The package is on its way out. According to the LA Times, Brittany was then taken to UCLA Medical Center. The next day, on February 1st, 2008, Jamie Spears officially petitioned to become the conservator of his daughter and her affairs while she was in the hospital. It's the perfect time to strike if you're going to try to get a conservatorship is when someone is in committed in, in a facility. Here's a question I've I've had throughout this whole thing. Was it or is it really that necessary? Like, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They acted like. Like, what would be happening if this didn't exist? They think that she's, while she's in the hospital, immediately, they think, what, she's going to call a bookie and just blow $60 million? Like, what could even happen? My problem with this whole setup is, even if she had significant issues, which it sounds like she did. I mean, it doesn't sound like she was totally fine. She was clearly struggling with something. Even if that's the case, even if she's super struggling... Her money was all, in 2004, was put into a trust. Every penny she had, every property she owned was put into a trust, and she was a trustee. You see this a lot with very wealthy people. Her brother and her estate planning lawyer were successor trustees, meaning anything that happens to her, if she died, they would distribute the property, or if she becomes mentally incapacitated. So all you have to do is get a doctor to say, hey, doc, is she all right right now or not good to make decisions? As we talked about last time in California, there's kind of like a checklist for capacity. And if she didn't pass that, fine. 
her brother and the estate planning lawyer would take over. It sounds like dad wanted to be in charge, Mm -hmm. which would be why he would ask to be a conservator. So there's my concern would be as an estate planning lawyer, even as your family, this person, she has told the world by virtue of creating this trust. And when you create a trust, usually you write a separate document, like a letter to the trust. And in the court filings, they reference it that she says, my intention is to put every piece of, you know, every asset, every piece of property, all my money, everything I own into this trust. I want to be in charge. And if I can't be in charge, I want Brian and estate planning lawyer to be in charge. So they've, she's effectively done an estate plan. She's done what we, we tell our clients to do. Her dad basically went in and was like, yeah, fuck that. I want to be conservator. I want to be in charge. And the other problem is under the California probate code, it's 1801A. The problem is all you have to establish to get a conservatorship over somebody is, quote, they are any adult who is unable to provide properly for his or her own personal needs for physical health, food, clothing, or shelter. What does that mean? Properly? Yeah. If you're, like we said, if you're eating garbage all the time, we'll be like, we think we need to get a conservatorship. That's your fucking choice. You're an adult. So that's, and then on the flip side, that's for the conservatorship of the person. For the conservatorship of the state, they have to be substantially unable to manage his or her own financial resources or resist fraud of undue influence. And they have to have a substantial inability that may not be proved solely by isolated incidents of negligence or improvidence. So if you make a couple of mistakes, they can't sit there and point to it. The family goes after Sam Lefty, which we'll get into. But I think she easily by saying she's incapacitated, all her money's in a trust, brother's in charge of the trust. You can keep her from making yeah. bad financial choices because she can't get to the money. That's so what I think. I, that's, yeah, I think I was like, well, the conservatorship might not be so bad if she's blown all her dough. And then I find this paperwork that all of her money was in a trust. And I was like, what did you do? But it seems like <laughs> even if it wasn't in a trust, well, first of all, all of her money's in a trust. So I don't even know why a judge granted the conservatorship because it seems like it's just double duty at that point. Just mm-hmm. one is way more restrictive and well, did you know strips away a, her personal autonomy. A trust is not part. Assets of a trust are not part of a conservatorship estate. So when you get appointed conservator of the estate, you can't get to the money in the trust. So he was so, looking for new money to start going. And, in. But see, the other thing is current wages don't go into the the uh, conservator estate. So all of her wages are br- paid through Brittany Touring, Inc., from what I can tell. Again, this is all from what I've been able to glean from the, the documents. Her current wages, so like all of her Vegas money, gets paid to Brittany Touring, Inc., the owner of Britney Touring Inc. is the SJB Trust, which is her trust. Mm-hmm. So if she made money, it would go into Britney Touring Inc. It would go into the trust. Well, a couple years into the conservatorship, daddy asked brother to move Britney Touring Inc. out of the trust, specifically into the conservator estate. And because she doesn't get W-2 wages, she gets paid through Britney Touring Inc. Then suddenly her current money is now going into the conservator estate that now gets managed by... Andrew Wallet and then later Jamie Spears. So it, it's like to me, you're subverting a person's plan, estate plan. Mm-hmm. She made an estate plan, and they are subverting her estate plan. She made that a plan consent. when she was completely lucid and not yes. under mental duress. That's, Correct. Yeah, that's like someone writing a will, and then and being like, "Well, we think we know." They, better. And then you die, and they read the will, and they're like, "Yeah, I know." Grandma said she wants her mansion to go to 
to Billy, but uh, I think I want it, so I'm just going to take it. Like, you can't do that. No. I mean, that's that's why whenever I was initially looking at it, I was like, I don't know, like, if she didn't have her shit in order. But when I saw that she had a trust, I was like, this is the... They tell you to put your money in a trust and set up powers of attorney so you don't get put in a conservatorship. Which is why I'm confused as to why there was even any discussion of it being granted. Like how the judge didn't go, nah, we're not going to do this because she's already got this set up. We're just uh, doing double duty if we do that. I mean, it depends on what evidence they bring in, what medical evidence they bring in. I, I don't, I, I wasn't at the hearing. I mean, I can't know, but. God, also, I wish you this, had been. This, dude, <laughs> me too. But the standard is also just like really low. Unable to yeah. provide properly for her personal needs, physical health, food, clothing, or shelter. I'm like, but also, was she at that level? I mean. In that moment, Again, maybe? we weren't there, but. They talk about in this practice of law the paternalistic nature of the court and that you have courts. I'm telling you, I've read transcripts of hearings where the court's like, yeah, 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 we get it. It was kind of isolated. But what if it happens again? Anyway, here's a guardianship. Bye. So you you see it both ways. On the flip side, like I said, there are genuinely people that really need this mm-hmm. that are going to be taken advantage. They're going to be swindled. They literally can't pay their own bills. They're, they're not going to be able to pay rent. They're not going to be able to buy groceries. They will be homeless and hungry if they do not have help. But like... They're also not like memorizing a bunch of dance moves or lines for a show or talking on an X factor. You know, it's you see there's some differences in hers. My other question is. Or rather just um, bewilderment is (laughs) even if that trust wasn't set up for her to be committed and then within 24 hours, he's already putting in plans to have this happen. A uh, little bit of a trigger finger there, Jamie. It was pretty, uh, you were, we were ready. Like, I think it, you was, were ready. it was primed and ready, 100%, which is why a lot of people think the family had orchestrated this with the LAPD. Because if she's, if you're in the hospital for 24 hours, one, you you aren't able to do anything there. You can't, Mm-mm. you're not on the phone and shit. You're monitored mm-hmm. and everything. Why wouldn't you give it a little bit of breathing room to see, like, maybe she gets better? Is this really necessary? Nah, he was he was primed and ready to go with that one. They were, they were ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I don't see why it wasn't just, let's get a letter from a doctor saying, she's incapacitated, so we're going to file this with the court, and we'll make a motion to remove her as trustee and then put her brother and the lawyer as successor trustees. And, like, it would have been kind of shady, but for all, like... Easily, the brother and the successor trustee could have said, we we declined to serve. And then Jamie could have petitioned the court and been like, but I want to serve. But it, you just wonder, like, if if the lawyer was like, uh, she told me her plan. She told me what she wanted. And if you get her declared incapacitated, I'm going to follow her plan. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's a lot of speculation. Yeah. Because, like I said, we, we don't know what was. She, that's why I think she wants her medical records publicized. Yeah. Because they've I think they made it sound one way and it may not. Who knows? You know, and to play devil's advocate, and not that I necessarily agree with this, but just from some stuff I've read that has recently come out from Jamie Lynn and stuff, you know, we don't know everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. So maybe the mental health issues were like so severe and had been building up and everything that this was kind of the tipping point when, when she was committed for the second time. Who knows? But Again, that's just to play devil's advocate. I don't necessarily agree with that. But it's 
kind of just makes me feel a little bit better to think like, well, maybe we don't know everything. And that's why the severity yeah. of this is happening, because otherwise it's just it's bonkers to think that they could come in and especially a father takes advantage of his daughter like this. And who knows? And and we don't know somebody's heart. Maybe it's not taking advantage. Sure. Maybe you think you're like, man, I, I let her down. I let her get exploited from when she was 16 and today's the day i'm taking it all back but it doesn't make it right and also i don't he's not done anything illegal no. i wouldn't say he's done anything illegal and that the uh, manual that i was reading the california it's like canner the california advocates for nursing home reform they pointed out that the problem with the way that the california probate code is written is that easily somebody they describe as eccentrics they were like ex- a person who understands the the considered what their options are understands what the risk liabilities are if you want to go buy 35 boats and you're like no i know this could bankrupt me i'm gonna buy 35 boats like you should be like johnny depp is a perfect example of a person that he's got no fucking clue what he's doing with his money i mean you hear about it or nicholas cage i think we talked about in one of the mini soaps or the mix bags but johnny depp he has like i want to say like 20 properties that's probably being conservative and there's reports that his lawyers are like you literally can't afford this many property like you can't afford to upkeep and he's like no i want to keep more properties like he just because he's british all of a sudden and so you so that's a person where you're like well he can't manage his own affairs right because he's making all these bad choices it's like well why are some people allowed to be and she can make wild bad you know who's to say what is improper use of your own money no that's a really good point is at what point does it become, no, this person's incapacitated to the point where uh, the court has to step in versus they're just an eccentric billionaire that is mm-hmm. blowing their money on stuff. And, hey, they made their own, they made it. So it's theirs to do with what they want. Yeah. Yeah. And the California advocate said, you know, this is unconstitutional because it doesn't require the conservative to have like a mental disability that prevents them from appreciating like the risks of their actions. It just requires you can't properly care for yourself. You can't. You have a substantial inability. That's not the same as being incapacitated. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the argument is that they're ne- hopefully, like we said, her case will set up some precedent for defining what exactly that means. Another thing, is- she wasn't, from anything I can tell, blowing a ton of money. She Correct. She was, as we'll see, like perhaps refusing to take medication that they wanted her to take. She was acting erratically when cops are called, refusing to give her kids back with the custody arrangement, things of that nature, but nothing financially related. So it seems like if you're going to do some type of conservatorship, have it be over her medical treatment in person, but leave her estate out of it. But the, the the person isn't where the money is. That's, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, we can't know someone's motives, but we can, we can, we can sure speculate. Guess. <laughs> we can sure guess. And you can't be sued for guessing, no, Jamie can't. Spears. Otherwise, no one would go on Jeopardy. <laughs> I watched the most boring episode. Of, I watched Jeopardy a lot. I love Jeopardy. And I watched the college championships. Oh, those are my so favorite. Exciting. College championships were, are my favorite. They're mashing it. They're guessing. They're betting it all. I watched another one where people, if they didn't know the answer, no one said anything. It was silent. Nobody Paris wanted like, to take a chance. Huh. No. And then and the, the lady bet like $500 on the Daily Double and she had like $7,000. And Paris was like, what is this? I was like, this is the worst episode. This is the most mild-mannered. <laughs> like, no one wants to just no. 
go for it episode of Jeopardy ever. Juiced up on that college Gosh. championship. I also like the teen ones because I feel real smart because oh, yeah. I usually know all the answers. <laughs> so I'm like, I could be on this teen episode of Jeopardy. Dominate. <laughs> I, I could beat you kids. <laughs> Well, initially, Jamie was appointed the temporary conservator of Brittany's person and the co-conservator of her estate. Eventually, attorney Andrew Wallet became the co-conservator of the estate alongside Jamie. In a filing made at the time, Jamie said that during Brittany's time at UCLA Medical Center, she called him repeatedly, reportedly saying, Daddy, hurry up and get here because you got to get me out of here. After several additional calls, Jamie returned to the hospital on February 2nd. When he attempted to kiss her and tell his daughter he loved her, she turned her head away and said, No, you don't. The doctor said you're keeping me here. When Brittany asked her dad to walk her out of the hospital, he said, I wish I could, but I can't. Brittany reportedly made other phone calls from the hospital as well, this time speaking in a bizarre British accent. Brittany had been known to often speak this way on her social media posts and even to the paparazzi, leading many to worry about her mental state. Law enforcement also told TMZ that the night she was committed, Brittany spoke almost entirely in a British accent. This behavior continued while she was hospitalized, with Brittany being overheard screaming on the phone in a British accent. I'm so sick of all this. They can have the goddamn house and stick it up their fucking asses. Actually, no, they can't. Honestly, I spoke for a British accent for a full year when I was a kid, and they didn't bat an eye. (laughs) My family, I was really obsessed with the Beatles at the time. But I was also talking to Paris, like, think of someone fun like Kate McKinnon, or I'm trying to think of people that do, like, cutesy voices that are actors that probably talk in funky accents all the time. Like, just she's held to a different standard, I think. She is. I think I never got the impression from watching videos of her talking to paparazzi like this and everything that she was doing it to be funny, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um unlike like Kate McKinnon or something like a comedian like that. I don't know. It always struck me. I remember even when it was happening and watching them again now, like she was trying to be someone else or she perhaps wanted to be someone else. Like disassociated. Yeah. I mean, clearly she knows she's still Britney Spears and the paparazzi are addressing her as Britney and stuff. But, you know, but also like Lindsay Lohan did this. Madonna Mm. did this like I don't know what's going on with celebrities all of a sudden just decide I'm gonna talk in a British accent for a while Johnny Depp kind of sounds British too but there are certain celebrities that I think maybe spend time abroad and they want to come back and speak a little differently which is I think what happened with Madonna like she was living over there and I don't know I could see like sometimes if I'm people always say that you make me sound more country than I am. (laughs) Don't blame. I'll put this on me. (laughs) I don't think either one of us sound country. But the more, (laughs) if I'm around someone that speaks in a certain way, I will kind of pick up that affect. And I think if I Mm -hmm. did live in England for a few months, I could see myself. I've been watching a ton of Great British Baking Show. And the other day, (laughs) yeah, I know I was like, um, oh, she's going to be gutted if the, she doesn't get this right. Like, I'll just, in my head, like, <laughs> be talking British and everything. But, so, I don't know. It, yeah. it was When I lived in weird. Chicago, I had an accent. Yeah, yeah Chicago an accent. The Bears. So, I don't know. I think when you couple it with all the other stuff that was kind of going on with her, it it does make you wonder, like, what was going on. And especially... 
when the cops are there because you won't give your kids up, is that the time to really decide you want to speak in a British accent and, and do a ra- bit? Yeah, and raise. I don't think it was a bit, is the thing. No, not at all. Yeah. No, no. So to me, it seems less of like um, a joke or just like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And more like there was something kind of off going causing, on. Yeah, yeah that causing she, that she made accident. that choice to do. Maybe so, yeah. At a hearing for the conservatorship, attorneys for Jamie said he only wanted to take care of Brittany's affairs while she was incapacitated and was willing to return control once she's well, per MTV News. On February 14th, the temporary conservatorship was extended to March 10th. This is the 30 Rock airplane trick that they've been doing with us with COVID, where they tell you only 30 mm-hmm. more minutes so you don't freak out. They've been telling us only two more weeks or four more weeks with COVID so we don't freak out. They're telling her, your conservatorship's only going to be another two weeks. It's only going to be for another month. It's only going to be for another nine months. Scratch out months, right years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it gets you so you don't get antsy about it. It does. But it's also so sad because in any of those scenarios, you have hope Mm -hmm. that in... Oh, two weeks. We're not going to have to quarantine anymore. In two weeks, I'm going to be able to drive again and and mm-hmm. decide what I want to wear for myself. When the people on the flip side for damn sure know that that's not going to happen. But you mm-hmm. hold on to this hope and then it just keeps getting squashed. And I think that just crushes your soul and spirit. It certainly I, has I certainly. crushed mine. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, way. my depression and anxiety has never been wor- more worse than it has the past month especially because i am so fucking over Mm -hmm. all of this so yeah someone messaged us and said oh i listened to i guess it was one of the first ones we did like this like over skype and they said you guys sounded so hopeful and i was like (laughs) idiots we were fools Uh, so foolish so foolish we were or like 2018 and we're like 2020 will be so nice (laughs) no hopefully 2021 will be a little bit better if you're listening to this in 2021, <laughs> let us Please know. tell us that it's gotten better. I'll have a new baby by then, so at Yay! least that will have happened. That will be one one bright spot. I'm looking forward to it. Thank Is you. It, I'm looking forward to meeting that kid when he's three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll, he'll grow up with you on, on Skype. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he'll like, be that's like, the woman. Wait. That's the woman from the screen. Yes. Wait a second. <laughs> What's wrong with her face? Oh, you're 3D? Like, he'll, he'll never understand that people like... Uh, other people exist that you can touch and feel for a really long time. How sad. Uh. Well, soon, however, Jamie petitioned the court to begin collecting fees for managing Brittany's estate. After a year, he asked for the conservatorship to be made permanent, claiming that his daughter had early onset dementia, according to the latch. However, if this is so, why was Brittany still required to work at such a demanding pace? Since the conservatorship began, the megastar has released four chart-topping albums, embarked on three worldwide tours, opened a Las Vegas residency, which ran for four years, was a judge on The X Factor, and released multiple product lines, including signature perfumes and lingerie. Ooh, 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 I know. Call on me, teacher. I know why he said she had dementia. <laughs> why? Because if, if you fill out that form that says that they have dementia, it's intended for people that have Alzheimer's. And it allows the conservator of the person to administer medication and to have them committed to a facility if they don't take the medication that the conservator of the person wants. I don't know much about early onset dementia, 
But that seems like um, if you're going to pick something that you want her to be afflicted with, mm-hmm. an extreme diagnosis and one that seems very rare. Yeah, and I think that's the that's just the thing is that the only way a conservator of the person can force medical treatment is if the person has dementia. And so you check the box so that you can force the medicine. Gotcha. And I believe we discussed last time the percent of accuracy yes. that doctors can have when the questions are subjective as to what is dementia. So I think that's the tr- that that would be why a person who is asking for a conservator of the person would fill out the form and say that they had dementia was to get medication and lock up in a facility power. So if the person, for example, is diagnosed bipolar, that does you can't force them to take medication or lock them up. Like with Kanye, I suppose. Correct. Not from my understanding of the probate code in California. Interesting. They I believe they made specifically made that for because you should have like a medical power of attorney, but even that, I don't think they can force you to take uh a mental uh what do you call it like psychotic anti-psychotic mm-hmm. drugs and things like that and then they did it for people who have alzheimer's that are refusing to take their disease or take their disease take their medicine and causing their own disease to get progressively worse and the idea is that they don't have the capacity to know what they're doing they don't know enough yeah. to, that they shouldn't be taking their, they should be taking their medicine so in 2004 prior to being put under the conservatorship Brittany placed the majority of her material financial assets, including the ownership in her various entities and her substantial bank and brokerage accounts, into a revocable trust called the SJB Revocable Trust. Brittany's brother Brian and her estate planning attorney, Ivan Tabak, were designated as successor trustees in charge of taking over management of the trust should Brittany become incapacitated. According to the 2008 accounting filed for the conservatorship, total of nearly $4 million was transferred from the SJB Revocable Trust to the conservatorship that year. So they do an annual accounting. The conservator of the state has to send it to the court. But who's to say what's fine? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's not really, like, regulatory oversight of, oh, well, we what's up with this transfer? That's kind of weird. Like, they can't, there's nobody looking over the, sh- I mean, the court, in theory, looks over it, but... What do they know about running a multi-million dollar pop star business? I think this also gets real sticky when you've got family members involved on both sides. If you Mm -hmm. have someone that is arguably unbiased in charge of your trust or in charge of your conservatorship, then I imagine it wouldn't be as easy for um, a bank, say, to call up Brian and be like, hey, we'd like a $4 million transferred over. And he'd be like, what are you talking about? If it's your dad, though. Yeah. Or the flip side, if you called up the bank and said, hey, we need $4 million. The bank has the trust documents. And normally a trust, they call it HEMS, Health, Education, Maintenance, and Support. A lot of times a trust is drafted to say, the money within this can be used for the following. And usually it's kind of vague like that. And so if you're the corporate trustee, the corporate fiduciary of this trust, A, you're regulated by somebody, mm-hmm. probably a banking in- entity. You could be regulated by an investment. If you're an investment advisor, you'd be regulated by the SEC or a state regulator. And so they have somebody looking over their shoulder that once a year, once every few years, will come in and go, what the hell are you moving this money around? This ain't right. And so it, who knows if this was right? Maybe she really, really needed it and she was running out of money. And that's why eventually they moved the the touring ink out of it. But 
at least when you have a corporate fiduciary, you would have somebody go, what are you going to use that for exactly? No, I'm going to need receipts. No, I have to follow this paperwork. No, I mean, and they may have done that. Like I said, we don't know what this money got used for. All we can see is on the accounting that it was getting sucked from the the trust because the trust is not part of the conservatorship estate. So no one is really in charge of what Jamie Spears does as the conservator. He doesn't have to report to anybody. He reports to the court once a year okay. for the conservator of the estate. They send him what's called an accounting. And there's a couple of copies that are floating around the internet of, of different years or whatever. A lot of times it's redacted, though, so you can't really see the exact numbers, which is fair. I mean, it's her personal financial stuff. So he would have to answer to the court why he made that decision. Yeah, but like I said, what does a court know about, yeah. you know... And and the only time that and they may know a lot. I don't. There's court investigators. I'm not besmirching the good name of the probate court of California, but also they're busy. There's a bunch of conservatorships yeah. going on. So I think unless you have a conservatee that's going, hey, I think my money's going somewhere. They're not. I mean, nobody's going to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I guess they do. But on October 28th, 2008, after a lengthy closed chambers meeting, Los Angeles Superior Court Commissioner Reva Getz granted permanent conservatorship of the then 26-year-old Brittany. Getz said her decision was made in part because Brittany has shown she is susceptible to undue influence, according to Today. Getz went on to say that because of recent medical evaluations of the singer and her attorney's recommendations, making the conservatorship permanent was necessary and appropriate. Allegedly, Brittany did not initially oppose the ruling. However, that soon began to change. During this time, Brittany's so-called friend and sometimes manager, Sam Lefty, was heavily involved in her life. Jamie Spears told MTV News that Brittany met Lefty around October 2007, at which time Lefty essentially moved into Brittany's home and has purported to take control of her life, home, and finances. Both Jamie and Lynn Spears believed Lefty was also drugging their daughter in an attempt to control her and isolate her from her family. And in Lynn Spears' memoir, she blames Lefty for her daughter's second commitment to the mental institution. So that's another issue of it, what way can you separate two adults if you feel like one adult is being taken advantage of by another? You know, mm-hmm. where she's independent, free to do what she wants. And if you want to live with this person, you know, that's hard for a parent if you see your kid being sucked into this underworld of you know, drugs or getting taken advantage of, isolation, and you say to yourself, what do I got to do? And if a lawyer tells you, get a conservatorship and you can kick this dude out of her life, you'd be like, I'll do whatever it takes to save my child. Yeah, I imagine it's like any alleged abusive relationship that you Mm -hmm. see your your child in. Of course, nobody wants to see their kid in, in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. few have the um, means to go as far as a conservatorship to prevent mm-hmm. a toxic relationship like that hap- from happening. I saw, a, I don't know if someone sent it to us, or I saw an article on the people who go and kidnap adults who have been sucked into cults. Mm-hmm. And the story behind that, we should do like a mini-sode on that, yeah. on like the life of the cult kidnapper, because it's purportedly to benefit someone, mm-hmm. but like at what point are people allowed to make bad decisions? That's a good, good question. I like those moral quandary questions, as you know. Yeah, they'll go and essentially, for lack of a better word, kidnap them and then mm-hmm. try to deprogram their brains, mm-hmm. basically, on at the request of the family. Yeah, I guess, again, it's like 
at what point does a bad decision or a multitude of bad decisions turn into a danger to yourself or others? Mm -hmm. Well, and you see, like we saw with Nexium, people join this thing and then they take their own lives or they, you know, they, their family members want to somehow get a hold of them and they can't and then they end up losing them. So Mm -hmm. what would you do if you think, oh man, the uh, the alternative is she's going to die? Yeah. Yeah. Lynn claimed Lefty had convinced her daughter she needed to take the antipsychotic medications, Risperidol and Seroquel, but that Brittany didn't understand why. In fact, both Jamie and Lynn claimed to have seen bottles of the medications at Brittany's home, along with the ADHD medication, Adderall, a substance that was found in her system the night she was committed. That's dangerous, though. If you got an at-home pharmacist. I have been prescribed Seroquel, and it was... The worst drug I've ever taken in my life. What did it? What did it do to you? It made me feel like a zombie. I was. Mm. It made me feel extremely depressed, like I was, um, devoid of emotion. It was. It was terrible. I. I was prescribed it for, I believe, anxiety and depression. I had a bit of a gunslinger of a physician for a while. Just oh, no. kind of would just throw drugs at me for stuff. Um. Just side note. Go to a psychiatrist for drugs that are for your brain because they um, are trained in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if you take, from what I've read, Risperidol and Seroquel, if taken and you are bipolar, which mm-hmm. many, while it hasn't ever been officially declared she has been diagnosed bipolar, but there's been a lot of speculation that she has been, it causes a lot of side effects. Uh, hallucinations, paranoia, erratic behavior, things like that. Adderall, I know you've taken before you said. Uh, yeah, I got prescribed Adderall and I was like, I'm not, I just gave it back to the doctor. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want this. No, thank you. It's, but I uh, have ADD. Yeah. And so it re- it made me constantly level, but mm-hmm. like I couldn't sleep. And so I can't mm-hmm. imagine if you're having these hallucinations and you just want to go lay down and you shut your eyes and your eyeballs are just shaken behind your mm-hmm. eyelids but i did know people that don't have add that didn't need to take it and it worked like an amphetamine I and mean, we worked like cocaine almost to them and I made have, them i've stupidly have him in, in that category yeah it does not it, it's i would not imagine mixing that if you were having hallucinations and then getting all hyped up no no it's uh if you do not have don't take medication just um psa that you you're not prescribed because what is it get you a scoop out of the old pill bucket <laughs> It's, uh, you know, the college was a weird time. For, yeah, but for also, Christine. I mean, you, well, and you see here when somebody maybe she needed a different medicine. Yeah. And they're mixing all kinds of whatnot. It, and it could have, you know, I mean, what if that's that's what did the thing that they go, oh, she's acting in this crazy way, you know, according to them. But really, she's suffering mm-hmm. side effects from medication. And then you end up in this conservatorship because somebody was offering you, you know, or giving you medicine yeah. that you weren't supposed to take. I mean, I it's very similar to Brittany Murphy. Yeah. You got someone that you trust just plying you with drugs saying like, mm-hmm. this is what you need. Just listen to me. And you're kind of a um, easily influenced, perhaps, mm-hmm. by those around you. So vulnerable, yeah. vulnerable. And a declaration written to the court. Lynn stated that on one particularly frightening evening, she witnessed her daughter acting erratic and nervous, and that she spoke to Lynn with the understanding of a small child. 
All this after Lynn believes she saw Lefty crush up some pills and put them in a drink he then gave to Brittany. According to Lynn, Lefty's plan was to ply Brittany with drugs in order to force her into a drug-induced coma so that her doctor could give her drugs to heal her brain. I have a question. Did you what uh, medical school did Sam Lefty go to? Uh, uh, asshole University. Dumbass. It's, <laughs> what it's called. Community college. Yeah, this That's... was a really hard um, article to read from Lynn's declaration of the court of. I mean, it was very lengthy of what happened that night. In summation, um, her and her friend, Lynn Spears, her friend, and Jamie all went over to Brittany's house because Uh they learned from the news, from the paparazzi, that Sam and Brittany had gotten in a huge fight and Brittany was very upset and was seen like crying in public and all this stuff. So they went over, which imagine also seeing all of these things about your loved one on the news. That's how you learn that it's this information. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a whole other thing. So they go over there. Um, Lefty flat out told Jamie, you're not allowed to come in the house. Brittany doesn't want to see you. So he w- didn't even get to come in. Lynn and Lynn's friend go in. And they said that he, Sam, also allowed paparazzi to come in. Sam would call. My, my, my jaw dropped. Yeah, it did. Sam would it. call the paparazzi and as he he claimed he was doing it to tell them where they were going to be so they didn't chase Brittany on the highway and scare her because, you know, all this stuff happened with, like, her driving with her kid in her lap mm-hmm. because she was – and she would get, like, really freaked out by the paparazzi also always following her. So he was like, well, I'm going to change that by just calling them and telling them where we're going to be. Perhaps, or you're looking for uh, some publicity moments and mm-hmm. wanting to establish a really shady relationship with them. So when they get to the house, the paparazzi's there, because they're always there. He lets them in, and Lynn says they treated him like he was a general in charge. Oh. Like, they were so respectful of him and everything, and... Probably because he gives them all the pictures yeah. they want. Exactly. And she said Brittany was acting so erratic. She kept changing her clothes. She changed her clothes like five times while they were there. She kept changing her dog's clothes and everything just. And she picked up one of the bottles of medication and looked at her mom and she was reading and she goes, what does insomnia mean? Oh, no. Yeah. Like she didn't even understand. And she's like, Sam says these will help me sleep if I take them. I'll tell you right now, Adderall does not help you sleep Mm, at all. Yeah. So, and then uh, Sam kept encouraging the, um, them all to do tequila shots and stuff. And Lynn saw oh. him behind the bar. She says, like, crushing stuff up Mm-mm. and gave Brittany a drink and then also gave her and her friend a drink. And she said they were both up all night and felt like they had. Like taking cocaine. Yes. And they were like, I think he put something in our drinks. Well, and I will just point out, it's not just, she didn't just say this in an interview with 2020. Mm -hmm. This was in a declaration of the court, which Mm -hmm. means she swore under penalty of perjury that this is true. So I tend to take that uh, more seriously than an offhanded remark or whatever. I mean, she said this when she had to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Wow. that he was very aggressive to them and said, you know... um, I'm the only one that's helping her. She'd, she'd kill herself if I wasn't here. If if I have to leave, then she's going to kill herself and I'm going to piss on her grave. Just Good God. It's, yeah. So it was, uh, it was a lot. And 
Kudos to Lynn and Jamie Spears for not just beating the ever-loving Dude. shit out of him. I mean, if you said something like that, that's that's parents that are like, the paparazzi is here. Otherwise, I would, I'll kick your ass. Yeah, it's, it is, it's weird. And, he, and he's like, I control everything in Britney's life. Jamie isn't coming in here because I told the the security guards down at the gate not to let him in. They listen to me. They don't listen to anybody else. Like, he was just like, I mean, he was known as the Svengali of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That was kind of his reputation. And he was not even really her manager. It was kind of a Mm-mm. self-imposed title. And wow. yeah, and he would just give her drugs. And like you said, was she really, was was this a byproduct of, was her behavior a byproduct of being plied with drugs perhaps? Mm-hmm. Or did it make the drugs make something that was going on even worse? Like it's kind of a mm-hmm. which came first situation here. Yeah. And then for the parents, like I said, you look at this happening and you're like, do you want another Brittany Murphy situation? Mm-hmm. Although that was afterwards. But where you see a person who's taking control of their lives, giving them drugs that are not prescribed to them. And then by the time you caught it, it's too late. You know, in this case, you're trying to catch it before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Fearing for his daughter's well-being. Jamie Spears petitioned for a restraining order against Lefty in 2008, stating that it was necessary to avoid the risk of physical harm to Brittany by Mr. Lefty and allow her to undergo medical treatment without interference by Mr. Lefty. While the court granted a temporary restraining order against Lefty in 2008, a newly appointed order was more recently issued in June of 2019, forbidding Brittany's former manager from any contact with the pop star or her family for the next five years. These new charges came after Jamie Spears claimed Lefty had been harassing him and his family online since 2007. It's definitely a contentious relationship yes. between the parties. And it sounds like if the if Lynn's declaration is true, it's probably for the best that he's kept away from her. And after Lynn's declaration and all that happened back in 2008, he, Lefty sued her for defamation of character, mm. I believe, He either lost or it was settled out of court. So they've been going back and forth in courts Mm -hmm. for over a decade. Attorneys for Jamie Spears claim Lefty attempted to incite fans that were posting with the hashtag FreeBritney to criticize Jamie's control over his daughter's life and finances. On the stand, Jamie told the judge, I was worried that he was trying to take down the conservatorship. I was very angry. I was worried we were right back in 2008. So here's the other flip side of all this. I I fully think Sam Lefty is a sack of shit. <laughs> However, again, that's our opinion. That's, so you can't that's sue us, Sam opinion. Lefty. <laughs> um, but if her dad is wanting to be the one in control of everything, and you see this other guy slipping in and maybe taking that control away from you, what are you gonna do to be like, nah, I'm the I'm the one in charge here? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you when you start looking at somebody's motivations and I think people go, Jamie Spears makes one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year managing her life. Yeah, he's it's probably a 24 hour a day, seven day a week job. So I don't know that one hundred and eighty G's is, you know, uh, a lot of money when you consider that your whole life is you can't almost do anything else but do that. And he so it's not it's not like his he's making five million dollars no. a year and he's like embezzling money. He's paid himself a reasonable wage to do what I think he probably thinks he's doing, which is he's he thinks he's saving his daughter's life from people like this guy. 
Yeah. That if she's she's susceptible to this guy, who's to say there's not another one and another one and another one lining up waiting? So I think he thinks he needs to be there as a conservator to keep her. But it's like, dude, you're not going to live forever. Yeah. And also, I mean, again, we don't know the extent of the mental health stuff surrounding it and everything. But at some point, like, if she wants to go out and have a slew of shitty relationships with shitty guys... That's mm-hmm. her decision. I mean, you see it all the time. <laughs> Celebrities all the time have shitty relationships with people and their parents aren't stepping in to try and take control and prevent that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the question of like, oh, is he a bad boyfriend or a bad manager or is he endangering her life by crunching pills into her drink? Or, yeah. you know, that's so then you have to say as a parent, oh, God, it's not just a like for all the shit everybody talked about Kevin Federline. Let's just say, dude from all appearances, is a reasonably good dad. Yeah. He wasn't like a bad, I mean, compared to what happened afterward. No. I mean, you know. I mean, although, was he kind of a a douchebag? Sure. A the, ton of us are. Except for, I think you and I have fallen deeply for <laughs> Kevin Federline after our, a listener named Hannah sent us a video called Popo's Owl. Oh, and man. it's Kevin Federline's Brazilian dance hall song he was supposed oh, to release. Gosh. And he is so purely proud of it. Yeah, he's it's dancing. Like, it's like you see your child take their first step. Proud. <laughs> he's so into it, listening to it. Whoever's doing the interview, singing along. He's doing these dance moves. He like he does like a like a wave on the ocean kind of like dance move, and he's grinning from ear to ear. And then you read in the comments. Apparently, Mm. when that came out, everyone just roasted him. And then he had to say that it was a joke, (laughs) and that when his real music came out, your minds would be blown. Yeah. And you watch that video of him, and it was not a joke. That was his dream. We laughed at his dream. Yeah. Christy said she cried. (laughs) I said, I. This is how we know I have I'm very pregnant and very hormonal because it made me cry thinking about how sad Kevin Federline must have been. So happy. I mean, because anyone that your dreams are squashed, that's heartbreaking. You had to say that your art was a yes, joke. Yes, that hurts. Something that you like were like passionate about. You had to be like, nah, nah. I was just kidding. That that was just that was all that was all fake. Y'all are, are going to be blown away when my real shit comes out. His real shit was nothing like Bubbles <laughs> Out. And I was walking down the street listening to not that. And it, it came in my head. And I had to message Hannah and said, I'm 98% sure it's Hannah. But she's, I said, you've unleashed like a ring, the ring type like virus <laughs> in my head now. And I have to say it on the air so everyone else can get infected. Otherwise, it's going to stay with me. Honestly. Is it a great song? No. Mm-mm. Is it the worst song? Also, no. Someone in the comments was like, if a dance hall DJ, like if Dead yeah. Mouse like came out with this right now, people would lap it up For like sure. kittens to milk. Yes, I think. And that's just a testament to like whoever puts out a song. If you've got like uh, clout. clout behind you. Yeah. Then, of course, like if, J- if JT puts out that song. Number one hit. If K-Fed puts out the same song, everybody laughs and squashes his dreams. <laughs> they hate on him. God, it's so sad. But, you know, you date, so back, bringing it back, you know, you're dating somebody like that where you're like, this guy is kind of a chump. Have you heard Popo's out? And they're like, <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty good. But, you you know, versus, oh, this person is like actually putting drugs in their yeah. drink or maybe is 
you know, providing them with prescriptions or whatever, or even something harder than prescriptions. And it, not even Sam Lefty, somebody, anybody, if, if that person is susceptible to that, as a parent, I think you would tell yourself, this is more than a bad boyfriend. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Over the next decade, Brittany continued to live under the control of her father and attorney Andrew Wallet. Experts spoke out against the arrangement, and even Brittany herself began to speak out. On January 21st, 2009, Brittany called an attorney and left a voicemail asking for help to end the conservatorship. Hi, my name is Brittany Spears. I called you earlier. I'm calling again because I just wanted to make sure that during the process of eliminating the conservatorship, that my father threatened me several times that, you know, he'll take my children away. I just want to be guaranteed that everything will be fine with the process and that you guys are taking care of everything, and that things will be the same as far as my custodial time. That's it. Bye. Following this, on February 24th, 2009, Jamie testified. Sometimes Brittany is allowed to use the cell phone and sometimes she is not. According to the LA Times. That was a bit of a damning voicemail. I guess that was a time that she either was allowed to use it or snuck it. Yeah, but I think it's pretty damning to say he's threatened to take my kids away. And it may be that he said, listen, if you're not in this conservatorship and if you keep acting the way you're acting, the court may change the custody thing. And is that the same as if you in this conservatorship, mm-hmm. I will make sure you never see your kids again. So, I mean, there's there's kind of two sides. Sure. Yeah. What sticks out to me the most is he's his admission of sometimes she's allowed to use the cell phone, but sometimes she's not. Imagine that you're not allowed to use the phone when you want to use the phone. That is dehumanizing. Yes. And again, like some of these restrictions that the conservatorship has, I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Because even if someone has the worst dementia, mm-hmm. why can't they use the phone? And yeah, call them an whoever iPad. they want. I yeah, mean, call, yeah. what are the what's because they do something like this, they spill the beans on stuff you don't want them to know about. Like, honestly, I I wish that I knew what the concern was that she was going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how it should be. I think the ideal conservator situation is one that is narrowly tailored to meet the needs of the conservatee, that it's not a carte blanche and you have no more rights. Thank mm-hmm. you. Bye. It's like you can vote. You can drive. We're just going to make sure you don't sign any contracts without me there. How about that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like saying here's a list of 50 rights and you get 46 of them. But four of them, you need to get my permission if you're going to get married or you're going to, you know, Uh, not drive a car, but if you're going to get married, if you're going to sign a contract, if you're going to execute new estate planning documents, things that would endanger you or endanger your finances or whatever, that would be one thing. But this was pretty much like, uh, yeah, you can't do anything without asking me. Give me that cell phone. You can't buy Starbucks without my permission. She tried to go to In-N-Out. First of all, beware. Yeah, one, beware. Two, don't ever tell someone they can't go to In-N-Out, okay? (laughs) That is unconstitutional. <laughs> it's unconstitutional. Oh, yeah. But also, don't fly too close to the sun. Episode 13, Girl, if you want to. <laughs> don't get a double-double protein style. No, after eating an entire, um, like, 24-ounce <laughs> container of fruit. <laughs> Between November 2013 and November 2018, Andrew Wallet asked for two raises. According to Wallet's petition with the court, The first was because 
Brittany's business activities have greatly accelerated due to her increased well-being and her capacity to be more engaged in furthering her career activities, therefore increasing his workload. Despite this improvement and increased business activities, Brittany would remain under conservatorship for seven more years. In 2018, Wallet asked for a second raise, claiming he had become intimately involved in all aspects of the conservatorship, including conservatorship of the person, due to the inherent complexity of the conservatorship. Despite the fact that he had only been hired to be conservator of her estate. Yeah, this is kind of two things that Free Britney people point to that the first one is, I need to get paid more because she's working so much. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you think that maybe if she's working that much, she's maybe feeling a little bit better? And then the second one is, I'm doing things I'm not really supposed to yeah. do. But <laughs> so Jamie was assigned to be the conservator of her finances. The con- so he was the conservator of her person, and he was co-conservator of her estate, which is the finances, with Andrew Wallet. Okay. Yes. That will come into play in a minute, too. In January of 2019, Brittany canceled her Las Vegas residency, a four-year gig that had grossed nearly $138 million. Brittany posted about her decision on Instagram, allegedly owing to her father's poor health. Upon announcing her indefinite work hiatus, Brittany went dark on social media. Yeah, she pretty much posted like two things. One was like an inspirational quote and one was like, Baby, one more time is 20 years old. Can mm-hmm. you believe it? Not her normal selfies and workout things. Every day, multiple times a day posts. On March 25th, 2019, co-conservator Andrew Wallet abruptly resigned as Britney's lawyer. In his resignation filing to the court, Wallet asked for the court to immediately grant amended letters so that the business dealings of the estate could continue unimpeded. In court documents obtained by Us Weekly, the papers state, Substantial detriment, irreparable harm, and immediate danger will result to the conservatee and her estate if the relief requested herein is not granted on an ex parte basis. According to a voicemail from a paralegal involved in the case that was obtained by the Britney's Graham podcast, the lawyer was super uncomfortable with her being forced into a mental institution. With Wallet's resignation, Jamie Spears was solely in charge. Yeah, because they were co-conservators, uh, I'm guessing they probably had to co-sign on stuff. I would have to probably see the documents, but that's why he would want it to be immediately granted without Jamie, without anybody, because if he tried to resign and it was pending, he would still be forced to act, but then Jamie, you know what I mean? It's one of those where he's like, let me out right away, and then Jamie can just sign everything on his own and he doesn't need me. So he's basically, and we'll get into this voicemail more in a minute, he's basically saying I want out of this because I'm uncomfortable with what's going on here. According to the paralegal in the voicemail, he said in the thing, I just want to quit. I don't have to give you a reason. Perhaps because he's not, he doesn't feel like he's making enough money. Well, who knows? Yeah. Or he could quit because his own family member got sick or he could quit because he just wants to retire or he could quit because he hit the lottery. I mean, you don't know. But according to the paralegal, it was, oh, this is kind of yikes territory. I don't Mm want to be a part of this. A few weeks later on April 23rd, 2019, Britt popped on Instagram to let her fans know she had been absent from social media because of health issues within her family and was taking a little me time. Minutes later, news broke that in late March, Brittany had checked into a California mental health facility for a 30-day stay, according to Us Weekly. A source told the magazine the reason for the pop star's stay was due in part to the incredible stress that befell her after her dad's hospitalization 
and from trying to adjust to the new medication she had been prescribed for an undisclosed mental illness. However, many believe Brittany wasn't the one to make the post, and that, in fact, she had been involuntarily committed to a mental health facility months earlier, in mid-January. According to the Brittany's Graham podcast, an anonymous voicemail they received from a paralegal that had worked on Brittany's case revealed that in January of 2019, Brittany had refused to take certain medications that her father wanted her to take. He threatened that if she refused to take the newly prescribed meds, he would cancel her Las Vegas residency. She refused, and he made good on the threat, canceling the residency on January 4th, 2019. A few days later, on January 7th, Brittany was photographed driving a car, which she is not allowed to do. Not long after, Brittany was involuntarily committed in late January of 2019. With the Britney's Graham podcast breaking the news on what they called an emergency episode, hashtag free Britney took over the internet. So it's kind of two stories. One is, oh, daddy got sick. We're going to cancel the residency. I'm going to lay kind of low. I'm going to go to a facility on my own accord. The flip side, secret truth version, according to this paralegal voicemail, which sounds legit. And the the hosts of Britney's Graham have done a ton of back research, mm-hmm. you know, and they they said they vetted him and verified his employment and all that stuff, but they don't obviously want to get him in trouble. Sure. that That's the secret, is that Jamie basically bowed up to her and said, you will take this medicine or else, and the or else was get committed involuntarily. Gosh. Again, you're photographed driving a car, which you're not allowed to do. You can't use the phone. You can't drive a car. I mean, for all intents and purposes... She's in an abusive relationship. Uh, yeah. I mean, in, in the, I, like I said, if you say, well, if I'm her dad and I think, oh, my God, if she's given these freedoms, she's going to die. I mean, then you would yeah. press for all of this. That's true. I but mean, if she's, question- if she's struggling so bad with mental illness and not taking her meds, you wouldn't want someone in that state to be driving a car. That yeah. is true. And, and then the other side is, you know, does California need to either take this up in litigation and have some case law on the books that defines what the the standards for conservatorship are or do they need to pass legislation that changes it that more like clearly defines what it is so you don't get a situation where a person should have the right to refuse medication if they want to Mm -hmm. so i don't know uh that's at, at this point he hadn't done anything illegal people can say it's nasty they don't like it whatever but he has rights under the law. That's how California law is written. It's yeah. pretty loose. Yeah. Having actually started when the conservatorship was first enacted in 2008, the Free Britney hashtag and subsequent movement can be attributed to Jordan Miller, founder of Breathe Heavy, a breaking music news website. Over the past year, however, the movement has seen a resurgence and has gained nationwide attention, largely because of the Britney's Graham podcast. Podcasts had initially focused on more lighthearted analysis of Britney's Instagram post. However, when the host received the anonymous voicemail from the paralegal involved in Britney's case, they felt the focus of their show needed to change. Since then, the hosts have been deep diving into court documents and even attending hearings to bring their listeners the most up-to-date news on the conservatorship. So these two girls that are comedians that are women that are comedians that host this, they admit that like they weren't even that big a diehard Britney fans. They just mm-hmm. were kind of enamored with her Instagram and started this podcast kind of talking about the posts she would make. But then they started talking on air about how they noticed that she went dark 
Mm-hmm. And then it came out that she had checked into this mental health facility and everything. And they kind of started to speculate on like, sounds like something else is going on there. And that's when this paralegal called and left his voicemail and said, you guys are on to something. She actually was committed months earlier involuntarily. Here's what happened. Like you said, they vetted him and everything. And he, it came out clean. And since then, like, they've... They've kind of been the ones that have just um, propelled this movement so forward mm-hmm. with all the information that they're putting out there. The you know what podcast can change the world. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm still waiting <laughs> for ours too. Hope it does. I think I'm telling you, number thirteen. That's the life changer. <laughs> hey, welcome, welcome, new Britney Spears fans. If this is your first episode, go back to thirteen. That's and if you're like, why does it start on thirteen? Because listen to it, and that's why. No other episodes matter. That's it's the true. greatest. Yes, yeah. it's the world's greatest. Still one of my faves. I laughed thinking about laughing on that episode. <laughs> it's also, though, a really interesting story that we tell. It really is. Someone else sent a similar uh, a similar kind of cave sort Ooh, of really? story. Yeah, we'll have Ooh, to do that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love a good cave diving story. And mystery. Mm-hmm. According to Mashable, the Free Britney movement seeks to end Britney's conservatorship, as well as raise awareness about conservatorship abuse, an issue few knew about until now. The movement asked supporters to attend rallies supporting the pop star, sign petitions that will allow her to hire her own lawyers, and demands an independent audit of the conservatorship itself. Those leading the cause are also asking worried fans to write to California Attorney General Xavier Becerra and demand an investigation of the court system they believe has taken advantage of Brittany. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, the best thing that can come out of this, aside from her getting the right balance between oversight, assistance, and care, and the freedom to just, I don't know, use a phone and go to the In-N-Out Burger mm-hmm. if you want, or Starbucks, or wherever she's trying to go. Besides that, I think the best situation that'll come out of this is what, you know, the ACLU or Canner or everything. People have been calling for reform in conservatorship and guardianship for years, just just not that it needs to be abolished. Like I said, there mm-hmm. are people that need this, but just for creating standards so you make sure that the people who get in it really need it. And then if they want to get out of it, there's a clear path out. And there there is like the probate code has like first do this, then do this. But making sure that whenever someone asks to be let out of it, it's not just a bunch of box checking and going, yeah, 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 we looked into it, but we're going to leave you in here. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure someone gets a thorough investigation. As the movement gained more and more traction, celebrities were spotted wearing t-shirts with the trending hashtag, as well as using it on their own social media posts. Notably, Lynn Spears would often like the post, showing support of her daughter's legal battles. At hearings for the singer, supporters gathered outside the West Hollywood City Hall, holding signs that read, Truth will set her free! And, Hashtag free Britney! Multiple Twitter campaigns have since followed, as has a change.org position, with more than 260,000 signatures in support of Britney being allowed to hire her own lawyers to manage her affairs. That's kind of the catch-22 is you can't, if you're considered incompetent or incapacitated, you can't hire your own lawyers. You get one appointed to mm-hmm. you. Uh, so you, it's not like you have nobody looking out for you, but uh, she, there was a you know, whole thing and she kind of wanted to hire someone they could and all that stuff. So, For the most part, Britney has remained silent on the issue. However, in April of 2019, she took to Instagram to make a post asking fans to reserve their judgment on the situation, saying, You may not know this about me, but I'm strong and I stand up for what I want. However, many fans weren't reassured, 
knowing Britney's camp often controlled her social media and continued to believe their fearless leader was being held against her will. Soon, cryptic videos and posts on the singer's Instagram and TikTok would lead fans to believe Britney was, in fact, crying out for help. TikTok users became increasingly alarmed when they noticed it appeared Britney was asking for help via coded videos. In the comments of an LGBTQ pride video Britney posted, one user wrote, If you need help, wear yellow in your next video. Another commented, Do a spin if you need help. Coincidentally, or perhaps not, Britney's next video was one of her spinning into frame clad in a yellow top. Next, a follower on Instagram commented telling her to Post doves if you're in trouble. Suspiciously, Brittany then posted a picture of a painting by artist Hans Zatzka featuring cherubs and doves. What I wonder is if you take somebody's phone away, mm-hmm. or even if, say, you gave them an iPhone with a SIM card taken out so they can't make calls, what else do they have to do but scroll through Instagram and mm-hmm. TikTok? So I don't think it's unreasonable that she saw these messages. Yeah, on one hand, I'm like, well, if she's not allowed to have a phone and, you know, a lot of people assume like the posts that are being made are her camp doing it, then how would she see this? But then these videos and everything are clearly of her, Mm -hmm. like, so she had her phone or someone was filming her at the very least doing these things. So she was involved in it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you don't have anything else to do you're gonna sit there and scroll through yep because a lot of people say that she gets hundreds of thousands of comments a day there's no way she reads all that but she could you never know and or instagram algorithms like if you need help bump that one to the top mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what she happens to see conspiracy theories began to run rampant with some claiming britney was using dance moves in her videos to spell out h-e-l-p one follower even claimed if you enhanced a picture of the singer's eyes, you could see 911 written in her pupils. While some of the claims seemed to be a stretch, it did leave many wondering how much attention Brittany was paying to the hundreds of thousands of social media comments she receives each day. I don't know that we've seen any evidence of it, but one would wonder if there wasn't a maybe like a personal assistant or somebody that you have that's like, they're not like a nanny, but they hang out with you all day, maybe help you, you know, under the guise of being a social media manager. And what if that person sees it and says, hey, wear a yellow top in the next thing? Yeah. Or like, or, or like, hey, people are saying this. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe it's just her. Or yeah. maybe it's coincidence. Lots of possibilities. The TikTok movement was further fueled when on July 10th, 2020, Andrew Gallery, a former photographer for Britney, went viral on the social media platform after reading a letter he claims to have received from Brittany regarding her conservatorship. The letter, which is written in third person, states in part that, As long as people are getting paid, she has no rights. It could go on for a while, but it doesn't make it right at all. She's a very giving person and would love to get the respect she deserves. Yeah, so this, he claims, he photographed her for her documentary, and he claims she gave him this back in, 2008 2009 and that it was a copy because her conservators destroyed the original mm-hmm. version and then he kind of held on to it for a while and now it's come out like so when many you, things do the handwriting looks like her handwriting they did a side like daily mail did like a side by side of other like documentaries or stuff where you can see her that she's writing and it looks 
suspiciously similar. Yeah, and she even in the letter in the letter also it states something to the effect of did she spin out of control when her kids were taken away? Yes, but any reasonable mother would. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of admitting like yeah, if it was her whoever wrote this, her or whoever that yeah, I uh Things were real bad there for a while, mm-hmm. but there was good reason to be. And I think anyone would have reacted that way. Especially not only are kids getting taken away, but you're under such scrutiny mm-hmm. and you get such so much pressure. And it's like, I'm not produ- I had did a shitty performance. Everyone's making fun of me. Now they're taking my kids away. Now I'll have this guy whispering in my ear. Give, you know, it's uh, any like she said, any reasonable person would, you know, you may crack under that kind of pressure yeah, for sure. In September of 2019, to everyone's surprise. Jamie stepped down from the role as his daughter's guardian, citing health issues. However, this decision coincided with an alleged incident involving his grandson, Sean Preston. According to Us Weekly, on August 24th, Brittany and her sons were visiting Jamie at his home when Jamie and then 13-year-old Sean Preston got into a heated argument that resulted in the boy becoming frightened and locking himself in a room. Allegedly, Jamie then broke into the room and shook Sean Preston. That's a bad look. Yep. Uh, also, you wonder if Sean Preston is 13 in 2019, so he's 14 now, 15, 16, 17, 18. I mean, he's a handful of years away from being a grown-up and being like, mm-hmm. I want to take care of my mom. My mom wants this, and I want to, you know? Yep. So you start getting adult children involved. Yep. Nine days later, Brittany and her children were granted a temporary restraining order against Jamie, a ruling which Jamie did not oppose, despite it prohibiting him from seeing his grandsons for three years. With that, a judge assigned Brittany's care manager, Jody Montgomery, temporary control over the guardianship of Brittany's person, while leaving Jamie still in charge of her estate. Is that ex- an extreme restraining order? That's pretty long. A lot of times you see it, it's for, I mean, the kid's old enough, though, to talk to the judge. So who knows, yeah. what, you know, who knows what the kid said? Uh, to me, and I don't know much about uh, it at all, but reading that, I was like, whoa, that seems like a very long time to and just um kind of extreme for one incident Mm -hmm. but that's what usually when a kid i want to say in texas it's like if a kid's over 12 they like in family court they'll put that this is me spitballing i'm not a family court lawyer but i think it's something like that where they they put pretty good weight into it so if the kid's 13 and he's like oh for the past five years we get into screaming matches Mm -hmm. all the time this is not a you know this isn't the first time but if the kid starts spilling you know, the court may say, yeah, we think this is a uh, prolonged or whatever. And I wonder, and this is pure speculation, if he said, like, he's doing this stuff to my mom, he's trying to control her, you know, if like that mm-hmm. kind of came into it. And the judge was like, but I mean, the restraining order isn't it doesn't apply to to Brittany. It's just the mm-hmm. kids. He can yep. still see her. Which makes sense why he would not want to be guardianship of her person, because that's a huge issue when if you're the guardian guardian or the conservator of the person and you're coming over or, you know, you're there and the kids are coming over and you can't be within so mm-hmm. many feet of the kids, it's definitely uh, mm-hmm. problematic. Mm-hmm. The selection of Montgomery was seen as controversial by some fans, given that just a year before, on August 15th, 2018, she had been accused of elder abuse and been the subject of a temporary restraining order. However, Brittany seemed to prefer Jody to her father. Additionally, the alleged abuse incident changed the shared custody agreement between Brittany and Kevin, resulting in Brittany's time with her sons dropping from a 50-50 split to a 
yeah, and of course, it, you know, somebody can be accused of something and not get convicted or whatever. And I imagine if she's free and out and about and helping Britney Spears, it was a misunderstanding or a confusion or whatever happened, uh, you know, in that prior instance. But if a ward asks a conservative in California, asks the court, I want this person to be in charge of me, then the court vets them and makes sure that they're competent, able, reasonable, whatever. And then they'll they'll let them choose kind of. So was this person already in her camp? I think not for the whole 10 years. From what I could read, I want to say it's the last handful of years. Okay. Maybe like 2017 or 2018. But in just as a care care manager, I imagine that's kind of a personal assistant maybe. Yeah, I've actually met people whose jobs are care managers. Normally you see it with uh, either an adult with disabilities okay. or an elder. And they usually help them manage their medicine, man- making sure they're picking up their prescriptions. If they go to multiple doctors, you know, she may go to a chiropractor or a acupuncturist. You know, they manage all their appointments. They manage sometimes like help with nutrition and saying like, oh, well, this type of medicine maybe causes a magnesium deficiency. Or, you know, they kind of help coordinate uh, the medical side of things. They're not, most of the time they're either nurses or they've worked in the medical profession. They're not usually doctors, but it's usually somebody who's familiar with that kind of stuff. And then that's all they do all day long is help with appointments, help with maintaining treatment plans and things like that. That makes sense that someone in that role would then, because they're already kind of in charge of her person in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Care managers are to that. They're worth their weight in gold, man. Mm-hmm. They're awesome for, especially for a senior or an adult who is eh, reasonably functional, but they're just, you know, if they're suffering from mental health issues or dementia or something where they can kind of cook for themselves, you don't need like 24 seven somebody, but they may forget to take medicine or they may forget to go to an appointment. You have somebody, it's like a personal assistant, like you mm-hmm. said, but somebody has your back and somebody that's not saying you will take this medicine. It's like, don't forget. They're very helpful. So, and they're, it's a caring role. It's definitely a caregiver mm-hmm. role. Caring manager. Exactly. While it remains unclear if the yellow shirt and dove picture were intentional pleas for help or a mere coincidence, it has come to light that Brittany is, in fact, in support of the Free Brittany movement and welcomes the help and attention from so many that are in support of her freedom. Brittany's court-appointed PVP attorney, Samuel Ingham, stated in a filing with the court, Far from being a conspiracy theory or a joke, as James purportedly told the media, in large part, this scrutiny on social media is a reasonable and even predictable result of James's aggressive use of the sealing procedure over the years to minimize the amount of meaningful information made available to the public. Whatever merits his strategy might have had years ago when Britney was trying to restart her career, at this point in her life, when she is trying to regain some measure of personal autonomy, Brittany welcomes and appreciates the informed support of her many fans. On the other hand, Jamie Spears told the New York Post, I love my daughter. I love all my kids. This is our family business. It's private. Unfortunately, in July of 2019, Ingham was also accused of wrongful death in the conservatorship and death of media legend Casey Kasem, leading many to question his motives with Brittany. That is a whole episode. The Casey Kasem drama. Oh, my goodness. I, I vaguely remember when he passed and his daughter, there was a big thing with his daughter. There's like right? the daughter, the wife. There was a whole, I mean, it's the whole 2020 episode. There's yeah. documentaries. We got, it's, 
that's another case of like, what do you do whenever a family member, you know, someone related is doing something and someone else related disagrees with it. So, but all that to say is it sounds like before it was important for them to maintain that she, she needed this sense of privacy. And also I think that the public's reaction to mental health issues has evolved Mm -hmm. that we are you know no longer if someone comes out and says hey i'm you know there's nfl players now they're like i'm struggling with bipolar and people aren't like what a loser they're like thank you for sharing versus i think back in the mid-2000s people were assholes oh yeah i mean you saw they're like she shaved her head and used an umbrella and it's like i think hopefully we've evolved as a species now that if we saw someone you know when demi lovato was going through stuff Mm -hmm. i don't think people were like what a loser. Everyone was like, oh, my God, I hope she gets better. Bless her heart. Like, we're worried about her. So I think whereas before it was like, we got to play this close to the vest. People are dicks. They're going to say these mean things about our daughter. Now it's like she she's happy to be open about it because, A, people are worried, and, B, it may help somebody. Yeah, yeah. On August 17, 2020, Brittany filed a request with the court to change the conservatorship substantially and to prevent her father from returning to the role as her guardian. Despite Brittany's wishes, a judge ruled two days later to extend the conservatorship in its current form through February of 2021, meaning Brittany will continue to have very little personal autonomy, at least until then. So at least Jody is still temporary guardian yeah. of the person. So that's mm-hmm. at least she likes her. A few weeks later, on September 2nd, Brittany's lawyer asked that the proceedings be open to the public, saying that. Transparency is an essential component in order for this court to earn and retain the public's confidence. According to The Cut, he went on to say, It is not an exaggeration to say the whole world is watching. That is not an exaggeration. No, not at all. Yeah, like I said, California's probate code is like on the ropes here. Like there's, they're either going to have to do massive statutory change or this is going to go through litigation and case law will build like what mm-hmm. counts as uh, what counts to put somebody in one of these. I hope it does. Mm-hmm. Ingham has also filed a petition asking that the court appoint Bessemer Trust Company, N.A., to serve as conservator of her estate, per Brittany's request. Ingham went on to tell the court, This is a voluntary conservatorship. Conservative wishes to exercise her right to nominate a conservator of the estate under Probate Code Section 1810. According to page six, the company would control Brittany's finances, as well as control the power of attorney for her medical health decisions and musical career. Per the blast, Brittany is fine with a conservatorship having control over her finances and medical treatment. What she really wants to be lifted are the personal restrictions on her lifestyle, like driving a car. Which is what I said. It should be narrowly tailored yeah. to. And if you want to keep somebody's money away, from day one, it was in a trust. They That's, should have just yeah. appointed a corporate trustee. Your mom said that. My friend that works <laughs> at did. a massive, massive bank and like her job is managing ultra mega people's money and she's like why i I was talking to her about it and she's like why is not with a corporate fiduciary because they're held to super high standards they're not only do you have to report to the court but then you have to report to banking authorities and regulatory authorities so it's like from the beginning some guy from louisiana no offense jamie spears you're like not competent to do this yeah it should be a professional company that's why i kind of i mean i guess she she apparently has said according to several sources that she doesn't mind the con- that she says it's voluntary the conservatorship mm-hmm. and that but she just really doesn't want her dad involved in it anymore and that's what the the probate code section 1810 allows conservatives with the capacity 
to nominate a conservator. So, mm-hmm. and their preferences, according to the probate code, their preferences should prevail. So, if they're if the person that they want, you know, if they say, "I want my dog Fluffy to be my conservator," they're like, "No." But if or like my kid who's fifteen. But if assuming a person is competent, willing, able to act as conservator, in this case, Bessemer Trust does this all day long, all twenty four seven, then her uh, her preference should take precedent. Yeah, if she's has enough wherewithal to still make a ton of money and continue her career and everything, then I think she has the fortitude to also say, this is who I want to run my trust or run my conservatorship. My argument or not argument, but my point would be that if you're filing as as her attorney, if you're filing under 1810, you're basically admitting that she has capacity because 1810 allows conservatees with capacity to choose their conservators so by saying under 1810 she wants to do this you're saying she has capacity to do it Mm -hmm. so i think this is kind of a step on the road to hopefully regaining her being what i've heard in at least texan guardianship they call it being fully restored you get your rights restored you get the guardianship lifted Furthermore, as reported by Page Six, the documents notably state that Brittany does not have a developmental disability, nor is she a patient in or on leave of absence from a state institution under the jurisdiction of the California Department of State Hospitals or the California Department of Developmental Services. And that's a box you have to check. So, I mean, that's good to know that they're maybe walking back some of the previous claims about her her mental state, Mm -hmm. about the dementia or whatever. In July of 2020, Brittany's brother Brian spoke to the Triple X podcast, saying, She's always wanted to get out of the conservatorship. It's very frustrating to have. She's wanted to get out of it for quite some time. Brittany's sister Jamie Lynn has been less publicly vocal about her opinions, but has spoken to fellow pop star Lance Bass about the situation, according to Entertainment Tonight. Bass, who received backlash after making negative comments about Brittany's arrangement, says after speaking with Jamie Lynn, he has a different opinion. On his podcast, The Daily Popcast, Bass told E.T.'s Katie Krause that people have no idea what's really going on, so we just have to trust that the loved ones around her are doing the right thing. The former NSYNC singer went on to say, The one thing that I do know is, I know Jamie Lynn. If Jamie's okay with everything going on, I feel like she really has her sister's back during all this, so I trust her to give us the real information. In 2018, Jamie Lynn was added as a trustee of Britney's SJB Revocable Trust, ensuring that upon Britney's death, the entirety of her assets will be transferred to the trust for the purpose of taking care of her children. I may have to do a little bit of digging, but I believe in order to change a trustee, the grantor, which is the person who puts the money in the trust bucket, has to have capacity. So the fact that they let her add a trustee would indicate to me, and the fact that she's made a filing under 1810, they're claiming that she has capacity. And capacity does not get you out of... It's not a get-out-of-conservatorship-free card. It's two separate things. Mm-hmm. So at least, again, if we're watching her walk down the path toward having her rights restored, that's two instances where her family slash people in charge of her life are somewhat acknowledging that she has the capacity to make these decisions. Perhaps a good good path to be on. Which I've argued last time under the California, the you know, the competency under the California Due Process Competence Determination Act. 
I think she has. Yeah. I mean, you watch her on X Factor. She's yeah. Like, she can. She knows what's going on. Yeah. My question is, if Brian has been, um, a trustee of the trust, do you think that indicates she didn't trust that he would give the assets to her kids upon her death? I I don't know that, but I would say if a grantor created a trust document with specific instructions, becomes incapacitated, the co-trustee does something like, oh, I don't know, take assets out of the trust and give it to a conservator estate against someone's wishes. As soon as that person has capacity, I believe I would fire them. Mm-hmm. So he's <laughs> or, no longer involved in the trust? I, I didn't see that, but it says that she was added. So yeah. I believe I would have someone say, you also have to sign this too. Yeah. I haven't seen that he's out. I've just seen Jamie Lynn. She was got added. added. Yeah. And you and you can have, you know, it's with like powers of attorney. You can have, uh, you know, like you could make Tommy your power of attorney and then you could make me the successor power of attorney. So if something happened to him, I could be take mm-hmm. over. You could also make Tommy or me your power of attorney. So we could each act independently at the same time. Or you could make Tommy and me your power of attorney. So if he wants to sign a check, I have to sign it too. If I want to write a check, he has to sign it too. So it could be that you had uh, co-trustees to serve either jointly or they can serve you know, independently. So it, we would have to see. The thing about trust is nine times out of ten, they're all private. There's no reason for them to be in the public domain or whatever. So we're not going to see copies of it mm-hmm. lest the paralegal sneaks in in a Mission Impossible style mm-hmm. and sends us those documents. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm waiting for our own voicemail. <laughs> According to Us Weekly, the Spears family remains in a battle about Britney's future. While Lynn is fighting for Britney to get on a care plan that would transition her to independence, Jamie believes Britney requires long-term permanent management and is asking for his role as co-conservator of both her person and estate to be reinstated by the court, a move to which Britney is strongly opposed, according to court documents. In addition, Jamie is requesting his one-time co-conservator, Andrew Wallet, be reinstated to the position. Although Brittany wants her care manager, Jody, to be the primary and permanent conservator, her father's role currently remains, as Jamie only temporarily stepped down as conservator of the person, but has remained conservator of her estate. And then they, you know, they now want... So right now, Jamie is conservator of the estate, and they filed to have Bessemer Trust take over. Mm-hmm. He's not the conservator of the person because Jody is temporarily doing that job. And now he's one. Now we're getting into where it's going to maybe be a legal battle. He's now wanting to not only maintain his conservatorship over her estate and say, nah, Bessemer Trust isn't coming in, but he wants to be reinstated as conservator over her person and get Wallet back in the game. That's what it appears from the reports and the filings. Mm-hmm. Correct. And. I mean, again, your his motivation, it ain't the money. I mean, it's not that much money. In California, I don't want to hate to break it to you folks, 180 Gs is not going to take nah. you far in Los Angeles. And so is his motivation, for, you know, from... And again, people would say, oh, you know, Andrew Wallet's making all this money. He's a lawyer, man. He probably can't take any other clients. So that's fair. If that's... The amount, if the California court thinks that's fair or whatever, and then you do have to charge like a percent of assets under management to, so I don't think she's being like drained. They've actually grown her estate. But when you have a person that has capacity 
the probate code clearly states their preference is reigns. You know, Mm -hmm. their preference should be paid attention to. And I think it's arguable and it sounds like her lawyer is arguing again. She has the capacity. Sorry, buddy. You don't you know, she's not so demented as you have previously Mm -hmm. filed that you're, you know, her wants are now being taken into consideration, which I think that's all all along she's wanted. And it's one of those whenever maybe you get the person who has been emotionally, legally, professionally entwined in his daughter's career for this long, maybe when you get somebody with a little bit of a different perspective in, like a trust company or an independent care manager or something like that, they may say, you know what, actually, she she's a lot more capable than you've noticed. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. it's not because he's a malicious bad person. You know, you're a dad. You're maybe you're you're maybe tightening the screws a little too tight because you're a dad and you're worried and everything. But you gotta let the baby bird out of the nest. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that he's actually getting a lot more money than records show? It would have to be pretty. I would say it would have to be kind of almost laundered. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you'd say, oh, it's a consulting fee. You know, I'm like some people's tax returns just came out and Mm. he's getting paid consulting fees. You know, you'd say, oh, uh, there's this LLC and I'm getting paid as a director of an LLC to manage Brittany Touring Inc. You know, I haven't seen that in any of the filings. I think it would come out in the filings. And I think when you have, for whatever anybody wants to say about lawyers, first of all, you better not need us. But second of all, we are held to pretty high standards. We're, like, I can't steal money from a Girl Scout troop. You know what I mean? I'll lose my license. When you start Bummer. to do... I know. I was going to do the massive Girl Scout cookie <laughs> heist. But, I mean, it's something simple like that where I'm in charge of the PTA money and I'm pilfering from it. Like, I could... You know, they can make a report and it's, you know, these crimes of moral turpitude or whatever. So, the likelihood that some lawyer is, like, pilfering money from Britney Spears when this much scrutiny is on it is, like, to me, unfathomable. There's just no way. Yeah, and he's come out and said, like... To all the critics that are saying I'm in this for the money, I have to report every nickel and dime to the court. There's literally no way I could steal anything from her. No, I don't. And so that's why the idea that Andrew Wallet has done anything like bad, I think, is that's just to me, that's unthinkable. He would have been caught. There's no way. Dude stepped down like there's that's just silliness. And that's born of I would say not in a mean way but born of ignorance like you maybe don't understand you know, people that would say that don't understand how a conservatorship works they don't understand how regulated lawyers are they don't understand the oversight that the probate the probate court has and everything so you know but uh, the fact that you know jamie makes like i said less than two hundred thousand mm-hmm. a year he may be he sold he did a little bit of a land deal that people were like well he's self-dealing and it is kind of it's not ideal but it's like it was a piece of land i think he owned in louisiana and he sold it to Brittany a while back and she didn't do nothing with it. And now he wants to sell it. So he sold it. He wanted to buy it back. So he like bought it back. But again, it's for fair market value. It's an arm's length transaction. It's not like she was like, that strip of swampland was my dream home. Mm-hmm. You know, it was some asset she didn't even know she had. And it's not like he sold it to her for 50000 and bought it back for $50. You know, it's yeah. like it was all arm's length and everything. So the likelihood that he's like swindling funds or embezzling funds is i think is pretty ridiculous you, yeah. you would see it uh, that's, in that's who county. said to the critics i can't steal from her everything's yeah. reported yeah yeah it's all so, reported it, it doesn't mean that you know her allowance is like not a lot people were saying well you see these transactions that she was in uh on tour in the in europe and these uh, you know transactions were being made at target or whatever and i'm like 
again, you don't know that she didn't buy a bunch of shit online. Yeah. And have it shipped to her house. I mean, you just don't shit, know. Or, I did that today. Somebody look at my transactions and be like, <laughs> who, what are you buying? But, you know, or, you know, he is. He bought, he went and bought a bunch of paper towels because her kids were going to come over. I mean, you just, it's one of those where you're like, Britney Spears has uh, multi millions of dollars and somebody spent $3,000 at Target over the course of a year. Like, lock them up like that's yeah. not you know the, at that point you're 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 grasping at straws yeah. i think a little bit but at the at the outset of all this at the outset for god's sakes why did they not have a corporate trustee a corporate fiduciary from day one yeah i mean and it's that's it's what, more costly but who cares that's what's kind of weird about this whole thing to me is i can't pinpoint a motive yeah for and jamie for like for Jamie, for Andrew Wallet, these poor dudes, they're like, life has been consumed by this for the last 10 years or, or however long, you know, I think Andrew Wallet's have done about eight years in, but the, it's, he hasn't, you know, Jamie hasn't had another job. I don't know what he would be out doing, but he probably doesn't get to spend time with, you know, he's not out dating, I don't know, or spending time with his other kids or whatever, going on vacations because it's like your 24 hour a day job doing this. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to have. Except, but for the fact, maybe as a dad, you're like so horrified, you know, that you're, that something's going to go bad, that she's going to end up with somebody that's drugging her or like, mm-hmm. she's going to go, like you said, if she's not, she's in a bad way and she's out driving a car or something, but you know, it's, it, it does it's seem family a bit, and business. yeah, it does seem a bit to me like he thinks he's the only one that can do this job correctly. Yes. And at some point... Like you said, if he's saying, I'm not in this for the money, then you're in it for the control is what Mm -hmm. that seems like to me. And at some point, if you and I I think he of course, he loves his daughter. I'm not saying that at all. And I hope once the best for then, like you said, you're not trained in this arena, Jamie. Mm -mm. This is not what you uh, went to college for anything like let someone that this is their full time job do that who knows a lot more about it and trust that they will have your daughter's best interest at heart. And if they don't, then you cross that bridge when it comes to it. You but fire to, like, them. That's yeah, the magic like, of not being related to your employees. You fucking fire yeah. them and you call the regulators. But from day one, I think she should have had a corporate trustee managing. And not that, like I said, they grew her estate that good for them. They helped her get gigs. They put money in the bank. They grew her estate. But, you see with ultra high net worth people, they have a corporate trustee, corporate fiduciary who's managing it, who's asset allocation, buying properties, selling property, investing in private funds, investing in the stock market and the right percentages and everything like that. And they take a fee. But the idea is that if they charge you 1% of your whole bucket of money a year, they're making you 15% return or 6% return or whatever you think is a reasonable amount versus you bless bless them both you have a lawyer and a dad mm-hmm. who are doing a job that maybe could have been done better maybe it would have cost a little bit more but could have maybe been done better by professionals mm-hmm. and the same with her person you know you're not a nurse you're not a professional care manager so why no, would you're, you i'm assuming you're extremely biased and yeah. a little too close to the situation to make mm-hmm. perhaps the most level-headed decisions at all time yeah, like I said, it's the problem when you start hiring family members or hi- family members hire themselves is what yeah. kind of happened here. But it sounds like she's she's getting capacity, you know, getting recognized for having capacity under California law, which is a good step in the right direction. 
It's also a little strange to me, and Lynn has recently asked for herself to be listed as, um, I don't remember what the word was, on the conservatorship. Basically, if any changes are to be made to like the trust or anything like that, she gets notified. She wants to have access to her daughter's mental health records and everything. But this is just recently. Yeah. And I'm wondering why, and again, we don't know the whole story. It seems like, and Jamie has even admitted, his relationship with Brittany has always been strained. Mm -hmm. Strained was a, a exact quote. And Lefty said that back in 2008, uh, Lynn and... Brittany weren't even speaking, and he orchestrated this whole thing to, like, get them back on uh, good terms and everything. So you wonder what her relationship has been like with her her family, mm -hmm. especially just like with the Brittany Murphy stuff. When you're the sole, not sole breadwinner, but when you make more money than anyone in your family, mm -hmm. and then your family is wrapped up in your financial and personal affairs, it blurs these lines of, parent-child relationship and business manager client relationship and it's just mm -hmm. gets everything gets really muddled and foggy to where i imagine strained is an understatement of of the relationship she has with her family but i was wondering why lynn just in the past couple years has wanted to take a more active role mm -hmm. when you've i'm assumed seen pretty firsthand what's been going on you obviously uh, wrote a declaration to the court about all the shit lefties doing and everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, and, and if she was, you know, how, how her relationship with Jamie is and maybe he's keeping her informed or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, just ver verbally and not like sharing records and stuff. And then Brittany may say, you know, everything he tells you is not quite true. And then she may say, well, wait a minute, I need to see the documents. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the issue is there are a lot of, uh, private things that she maybe doesn't want to be private anymore, but that the family has kind of kept from uh, the media and the, the rest of us from seeing, but that could, yeah. that could definitely be it. But you're, I think you're right. Even if, if it was slightly strained before, and even if he's doing it from the goodness of his heart and he's genuinely, you know, it's like tough love. Like I'm desperately worried that you're going to end up with a person who's crunching up pills in your drink who's going to drug you, who's going to kill you, that I'm going to find you dead on the bathroom floor. I'm so afraid of that. But someone who's telling you that you're 30 some odd years old, you've got teenage children telling you you can't have a phone, mm -hmm. you can't drive to In-N-Out, you would turn, you would hate that person. Yeah. You would turn, your heart would turn. And it's very sad that a father-daughter situation has turned that way. I mean, I don't know that she hates him, but she's she don't want him to be her boss anymore. Mm -hmm. That it's it kind of sucks that it's like even if it started from a good place, it's soured so much, yeah. and it's that's like that's the problem again when you mix mix in family and business. Yep, yep, yep. Meanwhile, the American Civil Liberties Union has offered to assist Brittany in her quest for freedom and independence, with hashtag Free Brittany having more than one hundred forty million views on TikTok and over one hundred thousand posts on Instagram. It is clear concerned friends and fans also want to see Brittany freed from her suffocating legal arrangement and given back her professional and personal rights. Well, we've talked a lot about what we think. Yeah. I don't know if, do you have anything else to, to add? I mean, we could probably go on for days, but. Like we said, there's hopefully going to be change in the California court system. I know at least in Texas and the ACLU are big proponents of what's called a supported decision-making agreement, 
where it's not as restrictive as a conservatorship, but you do have a paper that you sign. It's almost like a power of attorney kind of thing, but they don't act without you. But it basically tells anybody that you're doing business with, before I sign this, make sure my conservator, or you know, make sure my supported decision-making designee reads this. And the ACLU has been promoting them as a less restrictive way to protect people. Because I think that's the balance you want to strike, right? It's protection versus your own civil liberties. So hopefully something like that can come into play and we'll see. But I think this will be, as the the lawyer said, the whole world is watching. And I think this will be groundbreaking legal precedent as it emerges from uh, the turmoil that is happening right now. I hope so. I hope that... I hope that she is they're able to strike a balance that works well for her that gives her mm-hmm. her rights back while also keeps her safe if that's what's needed. In addition, I hope that there is an investigation of the California probate courts that really digs into like like you said like this isn't just you check some boxes, it's somebody's opinion on if you're able to be put under a conservatorship and that it becomes more tailored to the people's actual needs instead of Mm -hmm. just this blanket, very restrictive reform. No, I think they need to rewrite the statute. The the Mm -hmm. probate code statute is way too loosely worded that you end up in a situation like this that I think there needs to be more uh, objective measures of what would would make someone uh, eligible to be put in a conservatorship. Mm -hmm. And and maybe they'll we'll have the Hashtag free Britney law legislation, the Britney Spears law, which would be great. Yeah. I mean, it usually is something this monumental Mm -hmm. and someone that is uh, a celebrity, famous, something like something like this happening for a light to be shined on what's really going on and change to be enacted. So while it sucks that this has been going on for so long for her, hopefully at the very least change is enacted and it prevents others from suffering the same kind of fate it's true she's given us so much beautiful music and entertainment and now she can give freedom to people that come after her hopefully oh bless her we love providing sinisterhood to you at no cost so if you like what you hear consider supporting the show by donating to our patreon We're a small operation, creating this show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Ruling the Airwaves tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content like our weekly mix bags where we share three of our favorite things of the week. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping in occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As, where you can ask us all your burning questions. I had a blast at our last Q&A. That was so much fun. Tommy, uh, our producer Tommy. Slash number one Patreon. First Patreon. (laughs) Slash baby daddy slash husband. (laughs) Has um, suggested that our next one be video. Oh, I love it. It's a great idea. Let's so, do it. So, and Halloween themed. We will wear costumes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will wear a wizard's hat. Okay. I have, that's easily accessible. I'll dig around the costume outfit. I have you a can whole have, closet. Um, what's the skeleton's name? Oh, Rodney. 
Rodney can be in frame with I'll you. I'll bring Rodney. He's our skeleton <laughs> that lives in our studio. I can yes. show you the studio as well. I'm in there. Oh, there you nice. Go. Yeah. For our patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon in the top right corner to join today. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. We recently added a new tote bag design and socks. People have been getting their socks and have been sending very cute pictures, and they look awesome. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like a tote bag, t-shirts, mugs, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top right corner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood Christy. I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? I'm on Instagram at Heather versus the world and on Twitter at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Hannah Trent. Lexi Redmond. Kelly Lee. Ann Edwards. Kelsey Fuertes. Faith McDaniel. Laura Singer. Cheyenne Luna. Elise Fune. Ryan Mathers. Amber Taft. Emily Bassett. Madeline Healy. Heather Graham, assuming it's a celebrity Heather Graham. Big fan of your work. Claire Sophie. Mia Griffin. Jennifer Richter. Crystal Tellez. Amanda Harris. Haley Jowdry. Noni Tootie, who I love so much and we used to work together in Chicago. And one time we switched pants at work. <gasps> that is a true friend and coworker. <laughs> Lindsay Rotary. Lexi Carley. Victoria. Joanna Kell. Kim Smallwood. Rebecca Shower. Larissa M. Christine Dinwiddie. Christina Cagle. Candace Thompson. Amanda Wilson. Cynthia Rios. Robolin Pounds. Amanda Kirk. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We sincerely appreciate it, especially during these trying times. We couldn't do this without you. We love you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> Sin is-